point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? Welcome to Beer with Buffy, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. And today on this fine episode of Beer with Buffy, we are going to be reviewing an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from season six, episode number five. It is entitled Life Serial. Yes. But they spelled serial as in serial killer or serialized. Yeah. It's a pun, you see, on the serial. It's supposed to be a pun, like, supposed to be, like, life surreal. I, you know, I'll take that as an avenue. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, life cereal is an actual brand of cereal, I'm sure well, you yes. are aware. Yes. Okay. Um, just check. I, I was born in Cereal City, for fuck's sake, Josh. Really? Yeah. That exists? Battle Creek, Michigan, where I'm from, is the home of Kellogg and Post Cereal. They mm. both originated oh. in Battle Creek. <laughs> When you said cereal, I was thinking of it as S-E-R-I-A-L. Like the, <laughs> it's like, I didn't know it was cereal city. Was oh, the city that invented cereal. Yes. Yes, I was aware of that. <laughs> That's a thing. Apparently, my brain does not, it understands the concept of homonyms, <laughs> but it cannot hold the definition of one or more at the same time. Apparently. It turns out. Apparently. You learn things about yourselves when you podcast, kids. <laughs> yes. I've learned quite a bit about myself through doing this podcast, actually. Like, it's really easy to make people think that you're famous. Yes. When you're you're really not. No. It's an illusion, you see. It is. It's very much an illusion. It's also a really uh, effective illusion for making people uh, think you're professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I learned that along. You don't need podcasting for that. I know, but it like it's the first real taste of like that kind of professionalism for me yeah because like you know well it's just because everybody grows up thinking that the entertainment industry is just something that clowns do or big movie stars yeah you could never possibly be in show business no you fucking can you anybody can it doesn't make it a good idea but you know what else is not a good idea breaking your fucking body in a factory that is correct or at a restaurant i mean Wow. Now I feel really bad for anybody (laughs) listening who does either of those things. I've done both of those things as well, and I fucking hated them. If you can deal with that, if you're happy with that, great. If not, you have options, I promise you. You know, uh, one of my my good friends loves working in a kitchen. He's a grill cook. Right. He fucking loves it. I mean, I liked being a waiter, but it was a toxic as fuck work environment. Yeah. And it was bad for my body. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, that friend just got a new job and they're making more money than I am. Right. So as a waiter, do I No, as a cook? Oh, cook. as a cook. Sure. As a cook. It's a food service either way. Yeah. But no, at um, a restaurant that both you and I have been regulars at since it opened. Yeah. So one of their hosts um, recognized my hoodie and, oh, yeah, you were telling and, me about and this. And then was all super starstruck when I was like, oh, yeah, that's my podcast logo, actually. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, 
yeah, it says they only saw the Buffy part. And I'm like, yeah, it's beer with Buffy. That's my podcast. And they're like, I've listened to that podcast. <laughs> and then they just stared at me and were like a deer in the headlights and didn't know what to that's, say. That's officially the first time either of us have been, quote unquote, recognized in public. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've been doing it for only five fucking years. Well, and also yesterday or so, something like that, a couple days ago, I posted on... I commented on a James Marsters post about um, the quote, um, oh, Paul Watcher, uh, did you see, did your whole life flash before your eyes? Cup of tea, cup of tea, almost got shagged, cup of tea. <laughs> so I commented on that and I was like, hey, we just reviewed that episode and I left a link, of course. Um, I'd be stupid not to. Right. And I was like, I do a pretty good spike impression if I do say so myself. And, and I, I do. do. <laughs> Somebody commented on it already, and they're like, you do beer with Buffy? <laughs> Triple question marks. And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> James Marsters isn't the famous one here. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> James, if you ever want to be on our podcast, you know where to find us. I'd, I'd do you a favor. Yeah. If, uh, specifically, you can email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Or you can just call my personal cell phone. That I'm but. sure your people can get a hold of very easily. <laughs> I'm not going to give that out on the podcast. Or you can give us a call at 269-743-0783. Yeah. I won't answer, but leave a voicemail. I have it on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> I wanted to have it set up so that I could answer it when people call. But oh, I would... can't have that active on my phone and my personal Google Voice number, right. unfortunately. Yeah. So you could do it, because you don't have a Google Voice number. I don't answer my phone. <laughs> that is not a thing that happens. I would love to start answering Beer with Buffy calls, <laughs> just for the rare occasion that it's somebody trying to leave a voicemail. Oh, no. We would have to come up with a really good way to answer it. I called somebody back one time... <laughs> who uh, left a voicemail and it was a British guy <laughs> and uh, I was just fucking around. It was like, Hey, this is Josh from beer with Buffy. And he's like, Oh my God. Oh, Oh, holy shit. And, <laughs> and again, I, I love making people starstruck. It's, I get a really weird narcissistic hey, thrill like, out of it. <laughs> we've been doing this for five fucking years now. Mm -hmm. And it's about time one of us gets a little bit of that, you know? <laughs> well, hey, if you'd been there, you know, if you'd been wearing your hoodie. Or oh, if, yeah, yeah. That's all. It was the hoodie. It was the logo. <laughs> See, the, Your the co-worker is the famous one, not us. Yeah. But anyway, hey, Rex, do you want to fuck a doodle do? Oh, yes. I mean, you not literally. You sick bastard. Our executive doodle do's are Audrey, two French less names. Bridget McCloy, Dead Serious, Callista, Allie B, Nathan Lancey, Dulcinea, Rachel Gregory, Rachel Doodledoo, D. Sheringhausen, Club E. Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Christina, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Pat Likes Turtles, Scarlet Choi, Bad at Changing Their Name Heaps, K-Fro Horstilla with a BWB logo gnome, Father DeFinistrato, Kelly MC, Jesse Rain, Alex from the Heart, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Boy, howdy. That is correct. 
And you know what? I'm fairly certain all of these people on that list have reviewed us on iTunes. Yeah, I and think so. that is something that you should think about doing as well. That's right, you. I'm looking at you. And if you do review us on iTunes, like you ought to, uh, if you send us a screenshot of the review, we will send you a free sticker. Free sticker! And it also puts you in the running for a free hoodie. Yes. Once we get to 75 reviews, we're currently at like 64. I forget. It's been a minute. Yep. <sighs> there it is. We did it. Yeah. That was an can intro. Can we go home now? We can, in fact. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Oh, right. No, we should review the episode. Let's start with a mom synopsis. Gerarg. No, we're not there yet. This has been another episode. No, of, we're not there yet. Beer with Buffy. We forgot a whole step, Josh. Joshua. <laughs> what are you doing, Joshua? Uh, living in your house and watching the entirety of Star Trek. Duh. I thought you moved out. What the hell, Joshua? Oh, you're right. Oh, oh, thank God. I was just having a flashback. <laughs> like... Like that time the Enterprise kept blowing up over and over again. Or the time Mulder was in a bank that kept exploding on the X-Files. Exactly. And that time I robbed a bank and used my clairvoyance to seduce women all over the city. Joshua. What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, shit. I think that was Bill Murray, wasn't it? What the hell are you talking about, Joshua? What's Bill Murray got to do with anything? Why are you living in my house again? I'm not. I was. J I'm just having a flashback of living in your house. Oh, like that time the Enterprise kept blowing up over and over again. Yeah. And the time Mulder on the X Files was in a bank that kept exploding. Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? Shut up, Mom. Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? <laughs> So on today's episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> Buffy starts to try to pull her life back together by going back to school, trying out working with Xander at his construction job, going back to retail, and even drinking in card games at seedy demon bars with Spike. All the while, the nerdy trio, Warren, Jonathan, and Andrew are berating Buffy with secret trials to test her. They make her fast forward through time at school. They make demons spawn that only she can see at the construction site. And they put her in a time loop at the magic box. She spots their surveillance van outside the bar and is confronted by a demon that is actually Jonathan under a cloaking spell who admits he's been testing her, then runs off after the others escape in the van. Giles solves all Buffy's problems again by being a good father figure and giving her lots of money. But clearly, he's not satisfied with that. The end. Yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, down, vampire. As the sun goes down, down, vampire. Competition is a beautiful thing. We open on Buffy's house as she returns home from her uh, meeting up with Angel. What kind of an open, Rex? It felt pretty, pretty cool. Was it a cold open? I wasn't paying attention. Maybe maybe it was a tepid open. Rex is sneezing, very probably, I think. Damn it. It looks like. I think I ruined it. You I, did. Excellent. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a cock block. I don't know. It might have been cold open. It's, I don't it's one of those opens. It's, it's an opening. It's an opening. That's what's important. It opens on nobody the episode. Ca nobody cares. 
Uh, Buffy returns home with dinner to go with the dinner. Yeah. I heard you like dinner. Would you like dinner in your dinner? Is is there chicken in that dinner? Yes. Ooh, that's my favorite kind of dinner. Fried chicken. Is it mm. dipped in boiling fat and covered in breadcrumbs? Yes. Oh, perfect. Will it stick to my arteries and help me off of this mortal coil? Yes. Sooner than <laughs> otherwise I would have. Yes. Oh, you're talking my language now. <laughs> I'm coming, Daddy. This is also special chicken. It has a gun. It will just shoot you. Oh, damn! <laughs> that escalated Expedited quickly. Process. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck a doodle do. <laughs> the doodle do gets revenge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, because Buffy's back from seeing Angel. She brought chicken, the rest of the gang, and Xander, except for Xander and Anya, are at the dinner table. They've already eaten, though. Awkward. But hey, everyone's still got room for fried chicken, for fuck's sake. Like, even if I ate dinner, I would be like, uh, yes, I would like some fried chicken. Especially Tara. She's like, I would really like some pity chicken, Buffy. (laughs) I want to pity you by eating your chicken, but also I get to eat chicken. And so Buffy's like, here. Here, have some pity chicken. Let me cram it down your goddamn throat. You like that, don't you? Mm, pity chicken. And Don's like, ooh, 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 me next. <laughs> she only knows how to get negative attention, so that makes sense. <laughs> Don wants a drumstick because she's apparently the only sane one of the group. Willow, of course, is a breast girl, but we already knew that. Yeah. Boy, did she have a shit-eating grin about that joke. Oh, yeah. She was happy with it. <laughs> I think I don't, I don't. think she did want a drumstick, but she said that because that's where the joke was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I believe that. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Dawn asks Buffy about her hookup with Angel. She doesn't call it a hookup. Yeah. But all we get out of Buffy is that it was intense. It was intense. She doesn't want to talk about it. Moving on. Yeah. Until next week. Because yes. I bought the comic book Reunion, and yes. we're going to do a special episode on that next week. Yeah, we would we would have been doing it this week, but uh, we didn't get it in time. Yeah, we're not killing time. <laughs> 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 Moving on. Uh, Giles wonders what Buffy's going to do. He means with her life, but she starts rambling about paying bills. I mean, I think Buffy had it spot on. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I mean, a just adult life, rambling about bills. Yeah. There you go. But no, he means, you know, what's she doing with her life? And I guess she's just going to go back to school, but she can't go back to school because it's too late in the year. So she's just planning to audit classes. I've never really understood how that worked. How do you audit classes? Can you just show up to school? classes well you have to talk to the professor first to get permission you wouldn't be able to just show up like she is i mean you can get away with it but the professor is going to be like who the fuck are you what are you doing here don't do that again yes i'll let you audit and then you just don't get credit for the class right but you can see everything you do all the assignments if you want to that seems weird. Yeah, like why would you do that? And you don't have to pay for it. So that's the thing. I mean, there are some co- courses I think I would audit. It's just a way be... to figure out if uh, if a class is right for you or not. Yeah, that makes sense. Cut to, I guess, the next day at Warren's house. I'm assuming it's Warren's house still. That's the basement they were working in. 
Yeah, yeah, I think they're outside of Warren's house. They're yeah. they're in the driveway, obviously, with uh, Jonathan and Twats. The trio. With a little bit of Buffyverse yeah. juxtaposition where the trio thinks that um, Buffy is a super plan-ahead, precise, always one step ahead of us kind of person, even yeah. though Buffy literally just got done being like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. But uh, no, they're... they're <clears throat> They're uh, fixing up a spy van with uh, a bunch of cameras and surveillance equipment and everything. And uh, Anthony, is that his name? Andrew. Andrew. Andrew is painting a fucking giant Death Star on the side of the van. Yeah. Much to Warren's dismay because they're trying to keep a low profile. Jonathan and Andrew argue over the design of the Death Star with the thermal exhaust ports above the main port, numbnuts. For your information, I'm using the Empire's revised designs from the return of this fuck off. You know what? These are the type of villains that I do not love to hate. Right. I'm actually quite annoyed at hating them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. It's <sighs> It's the whole episode, dude. It's, it's not the nerd talk. I don't mind no. nerd talk. It's that they go for such low hanging fruits. Yeah. I'm specifically criticizing the writers with this one. Yeah. Not it's the same not the actors. It, it's the same reason why I don't like uh Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And that came up last episode as well. <clears throat> Cuz Big Bang Theory is touted as being this Oh, it's about the nerds. It's a show for nerds, about nerds. But, uh, for but nerds, it's like, no, by nerds. Yeah, no, right. it's not. They're the butt of the jokes. They're written to be the butt of the jokes. Yeah. Like, it's not glorifying nerddom. It's making fun of nerddom. It absolutely is. And that's exactly what the way this is written. It is making fun of them because they're nerds. Yeah. And that show, Big Bang Theory, always felt to me like it's cool people trying to make something marketable for nerds yeah they're like "Ooh, i see a a demographic that i want to try and speak to them because i know there's a lot of them and they just don't know how right and i mean the biggest tell for me was always that like the person i know who was the most into that show was my stepdad who was the sort of person who picked on nerds in high school so yeah if he's the one in the family who finds it so fucking funny, then I guess it's probably not for me. Yeah. But the weird part is, I know plenty of people who aren't necessarily toxic bullies who do identify more on the nerd end of the spectrum who also loved that show and they just didn't understand the nuance. Right. They just don't they don't have taste. But yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, listen to our podcast, please. <laughs> But yeah, basically it's Andrew it has painted a giant fucking target on their fucking secret van. Yeah. And Warren freaks out. Andrew agrees to paint over it so that they can keep a low profile. And tomorrow the games begin because they're, they're going to fuck around with Buffy to try. Yeah, and, they're like going to test her to get data and weaknesses, etc. Blah, blah, blah. Opening sequence cut to a sociology class taught by Mike. Taught by Mike, and they are discussing social construction of reality. Zippity fucking doodah. So Willow's like, oh, Buffy, you'll like Mike. Personally, I think Mike's a tool. 
Um, no, I really don't have any strong opinions about Mike no, one Mike's way or another. Mike's fine. I mean, yeah, whatever. whatever. Uh, Mike doesn't bother to take any kind of attendance or even glance to see if any everyone is seated before he just turns around and launches into some shit about social construction of reality. Um, I have no idea, nor do I care if this is a real thing. It is a real thing. I'm sure it is. But what I can tell you is that not a single person I ever went to college with had answers like this, this accurate, this concise, or this quickly. No, it definitely not. It is not remotely realistic. And even if, even if that ever did happen, it was definitely only one fucking kid, not literally everybody in the class. To be fair though, like... It is a fascinating subject. I, You know what I'm thinking? The real difference here might be that they're in California instead of Michigan. Right. And I bet they put drugs in the water in California. <laughs> and then they just put lead in our water. Oh, yeah. We got all the lead. Yeah. And they got all the fucking meth. At, or not meth. Um, Molly. <laughs> Heroin. LSD. You know. the LSD. Brain, that's probably what it the was. The brain enhancing drugs. Yeah. The ones the government doesn't want you to get a hold of anymore, <laughs> except for when they're secretly dosing you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm sort of disappointed you don't want to debate social construction of reality. Nope. That I. I mean, I sat and I thought about the things that they said, and I took down the, a couple of the quotes here just so that I could balk at the uh, how ludicrously obtuse it sounds yeah and, and it, i mean the, the way they wrote it it's definitely designed to sound very obtuse it's designed to be inaccessible to somebody who hasn't actively been studying and thinking about it yeah for weeks on end now because i mean it, the the concept itself is pretty fucking simple to wrap your head around. You aren't so much a personality that you've constructed as you are a personality that is constructed and informed by your environment. Hmm. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. My take on it was, um, if you, th- if you th- sit and think about everything they said, it's actually really s- just, it's stoner talk. It's simple, very simple concepts. They're it is. They're basically just phrasing <laughs> them like stuffy assholes who've had way much time to write out their responses, and it really all could have been summed up with by Tommy Chong, like everything's just relative, bro. <laughs> That's all they said, Buffy. You didn't miss a thing. Yeah, you didn't miss a thing. They just all had sticks up their asses, and you didn't. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. That's correct. <laughs> or they had L- uh, small doses, micro doses of LSD yes. in their water from a young yes. age. <laughs> so after class, Buffy is a bit, you know, overwhelmed by the class, which the pacing of that class, like, it's not like she did any of the reading for fuck's sake. Like, obviously, that would be a bit much. I mean, if she's bored and she's trying to actually get into these classes, I I think I would actually be more inclined to do the reading. Oh yeah. If I'm just auditing a class because I'm interested in it, no, like rather I, than I'm just trying to get a credit out of yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely think that that that's something I would do as well if I were auditing classes. But it's just a matter of like, this was her first day back. She didn't do any of the reading. Like that's way in the deep end there. Yeah, like, <laughs> give it a minute. Give it a couple days. Yeah. Give it, a, give it a week, at least a week. And you know that's kind of her take on it. She's like, she just knows that she re- she needs to reacclimate to being in school. And like, it is a very true thing. The you 
even a little bit of time out of school and like your brain just doesn't think that same way yeah when you're outside of school and so i i think this really feels true to life yeah i actually really appreciate what they did with the writing here even though it pisses me off every time one of these students opens their mouths including willow but it's clearly meant to be not meant to be realistically representative of college but rather to illustrate Buffy's feeling um, yeah, exactly. overwhelmed by not understanding a damn thing that's going on around exactly. her. Exactly. Willow assures her she's just rusty. And from that perspective, I agree. You know, do the reading and you'll you'll start to understand what these people are saying and you'll have a clue. Well, and I can also imagine that stepping into any class in the middle of the fucking class. Right. That's what I'm not really clear on is how far into the semester are they? Well, they're at least past late enrollment. Yeah, so they're they're probably at least a month in. Yeah. Because I think you can usually enroll up into like the fourth week of a class, which God, why would you? <laughs> but you can. Jesus. You yeah. can if you want, if you're a fucking masochist. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tall order. Like we were saying with the reading to get in on that, that with so little lead in right. time. I mean, college classes seriously have an overly demanding amount of reading that they expect you to do anyway. I never read hardly an eighth of what I was supposed to. My fiance is a grad student, and I actually one time heard a professor. They were doing an online class, and I could just hear the professor talking in the other room. And I actually heard the professor say that they specifically assign more reading than is even remotely possible to do. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Why? I, What's I the fucking, fucking reason behind that? I don't get it. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. So we're in the hallway now after class and Willow and Buffy run into Tara and as they're chatting about class, uh, some asshole doesn't pay attention where they're walking. Oh, or he pays a lot of attention to well, where yes. he's walking and bumps into Buffy. We see his hand slap some kind of tiny device onto her clothes. I thought it was her bag at first, but I guess it's her sweater. Yeah. Or her 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 pullover. Um, no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dumb and dumber. I've been quoting that a lot recently. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he fucks off. They don't see his face. They all think he was just some rude asshole in a hurry. And then we cut to... Warren, he's looking into a security camera in the hallway, which is being received by Jonathan and Andrew in their van. I guess they tapped wireless wirelessly into the school network, which compared to other things they're doing, that would be nothing. Right. No, I agree. Like <laughs> Warren is obviously tech like, pro genius. Yeah, because the this fucking inhibitor thing that he planted on Buffy, like this is fucking mind blowing. Yeah. If you really stop and think about what's what could possibly be happening with it. Not that what the other two pull off isn't mind blowing. It's just less impressive within the context of yeah, the series. Exactly. Like, oh, you found a magic book and a couple of pieces of magic paraphernalia. Right. And you cast a little Man, bullshit everyone spell. Everyone around here does that. Who couldn't do that? <laughs> yeah. I could do that. Fuck so, off. So, yeah, we cut back to Buffy, and she's, like, walking to class with Tara to this art class, and she gets, like, a time jump, like, loses a few minutes of time. Uh-huh. And it happens, like, multiple times in a row. 
it's very off-putting. It would upset me. It seemed very upsetting, yeah, because uh, Tara hands Buffy an art book to look at while they wait 20 minutes for art class. Buffy hears a buzzing noise and looks up. Tara's now sitting and talking about cooking and presumably uh, Willow's yummy face. Yep. Um, just, you know, a very harsh, quick change of subject and placement, so something's going on. Buffy and Tara presume that Willie's spaced out for a minute because class is about to start now. It was 20 minutes ago, only, you know, a moment ago. Yep, and then then another jump happens immediately, and all of a sudden Tara's down the hall being like, hey, Buffy, we're going to be late. Mm-hmm. And While so she's Bu- getting a drink of water. Yeah, so Buffy chases after her, trying to catch up, and Tara goes into the class, and then the doors get slammed, and then the time jump happens again, and the class is fucking over. Students start pouring out of the doors. Tara steps out like, oh, my God, Buffy, where have you been? You, you just missed art class. Um, and now this episode is just officially turned into a fucking anxiety fever dream <laughs> <Right>? that I've <laughs> specifically had. <laughs> and I don't like it. So that is not OK, <laughs> except mine is more like, oh, I accidentally missed an entire class for the whole semester and now I've completely fucked up my credits and I'm going to have a hard time graduating. Um, We've had talked that, about this before. I know, I'm, but I've had that <laughs> dream so many times and this feels exactly like that. Um, but yeah, Buffy starts to tell Tara something is fucked up. Something's not right. We hear the buzz again. She sees the clock hands move about 10 minutes and she turns to Tara to try and be like, there, see, but Tara's fucking gone. Yep, and then she races after Tara out into the the quad area and starts to try and follow her and catch up to her, but time jump happens again, but she's paying attention this time, and everything starts moving fast around her. She gets bumped into and thrown to the ground. Yeah, she she really gets knocked by one of those people that's moving at an accelerated rate. And so she manages to crawl to safety, under like a table or something which god help her if somebody sat down at the table <laughs> yeah no shit but luckily nobody like, did kicked in the face at super high speed for fuck's sake yeah um so she realizes that there's a sound that she's hearing when like a buzzing when the uh time starts jumping and she tracks it down to the little thing that Warren put on her sweater and she goes she's looking at it and the trio, they, they panic and they self-destruct the inhibitor and then they fucking score Warren's performance, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it was all pretty arbitrary. Um, yeah, he got 220 points. 220 points. Yeah. I love how we don't actually learn what anyone else's score is in this episode. Right. <laughs> yeah. They, whatever. It, it was just there to illustrate how petty they're being. Yeah. Um, and they're doing that, that guy thing where they Ugh, you God, gotta, yeah. you gotta score thing. I don't know. Um, but, um, I was curious about how the fucking physics of this works. I like, was too like, so what, is, what did Tara see? So like, she's just disappearing during these time shifts or what? Uh, not apparently not spacing out super slowly. Because if that were the case, it seems like Tara would have noticed Buffy spacing out exactly. and wouldn't have just abandoned her. Right? Like, wouldn't have just walked off or, like, like shook her shoulder and been like, 
why are you just staring into space, Buffy? So I think what's like, happening is, and the reason she gets hit by the people that are passing by, they can't see her. That's what makes the most sense to me. She's just kind of phasing. So it's making her perception of time slow down. I think so. So it would have to that it would have to be her perception of time slowing down because everything moving fast around her isn't like that doesn't make sense it, that time would be speeding up. And they can't actually be speeding up time. Well, I guess cuz then uh, how would Warren and Jonathan and Andrew be aware of it? Well, and they called the device an in, an inhibitor. Uh-huh. So it's inhibiting something. Yeah. So I'm guessing it's inhibiting her perception of time. I don't think I with the level of shit that they're going to I think it makes more sense that she's doing some kind of dimensional shift. Something it's, to where she's it's a we, lot of questions. They've established previously in the series that other dimensions go at different speeds of time. So if you she's right. if she's partially phasing into another dimension where time runs slower, maybe it's inhibiting her adherence to our reality's space time. Yes. Yes, exactly. There we go. And since she's been to that dimension most recently, unless you count her being dead, but I don't. I'm referring to the one in the in the Anne episode. Ah. Maybe that's what it defaulted to, and it just happened to work the way that Warren wanted it to. No, I don't think that's it. I I think he's he got what he wanted out of it. It was no there was no chance like sense of chance to it. But eh. the the point is it still brings a lot of questions that I wanted fucking answered. Yeah, I mainly I just want to know what Tara saw. Yeah. From her perspective. And I think she just looked around and Buffy was gone and didn't realize that anything was really wrong. But also, like, why was she not, like, startled that Buffy standing in front of her talking suddenly disappears? As she's saying, something's not right, suddenly disappears. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it brings up a lot of questions. It does. And we just didn't, we didn't really get a chance to hear feedback from Tara later. No. Um, And we only hear secondhand that she spoke to Giles about it. Yeah. And he was like, oh, sounds like a bad dream. I don't remember what he said. Stress. Stress. That's even worse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like a fucking doctor. Yeah. Oh, maybe you're just a little stressed out. Maybe you need to lose some weight. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So. um, You feel like you're moving too slow? You're too fat. (laughs) (laughs) So she finds the little device and they hit the self-destruct button and it goes poof and everything goes back to normal. And Buffy's like, well, okay. Yeah. At least I fixed it. (laughs) And we cut straight to a construction site. No rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. Uh, Xander's taking Buffy to work with him. Like, you know, take your friend to work day. Uh, kind of like that, sure. And Buffy's like, oh, yeah, I'll work construction. This is great. Otherwise, I'll have to do retail. <laughs> I'd rather be dead again. <laughs> I love that she said again. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, especially in comparison to construction work. I mean, if you were as strong as she is, would you fucking care? Like about construction, yeah, yeah no, that's like, a good point. The kind of that kind of labor, if you're that strong, like she's she's get tired. She could open her own dojo. Yeah, 
she knows enough martial arts. Yeah. At least she could fake it. Right. Be like, this is karate. Yeah, karate. Anyway. But Buffy looks forward to building things. Xander bursts her bubble that it will most likely be lifting heavy shit because she's not union and it's a temp gig. And she's uh, just happy she doesn't have to work in retail, which I would hardly compare to normal retail. Like the magic box seems like a lot better. Yeah. Granted, they proved that wrong later. But so Xander asked, had asked Giles what, um, so Xander asks Buffy what Giles thought about the time shifty fast forwardy thing, and Buffy's best theory is evil lint. <laughs> Xander encourages Xander encourages her not to discuss evil lint around the boss Tony, yeah. and uh, well, fucking does Xander, right? You know, like everyone knows that. Don't discuss magic shit around the normies. Duh, they wouldn't get it. Obviously, uh, we then get introduced to said boss. Who is a sexist bastard? Yeah, they're they're all every bit as sexist and rude as I would actually expect construction workers to be. Uh, no offense if you're a construction worker and it's not like that, but but you probably know your industry. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, may yeah, maybe that shit's tamed down a bit with the woke movement, but I'm gonna go ahead and doubt it. Yeah, because um, they're all. Yeah, princess this and sugar tits that or whatever. Right. And they don't say it, but you know they're thinking it. Um, basically, the foreman's response is, what do you want me to do with her? With her? She's so tiny and frail. And he's like, yeah, she's stronger than she looks. She can pick up heavy things. Mm-hmm. Quote of the day here, uh, Xander says, don't mind him. He may seem pig arrogant, rude, and a little hostile. Have fun. Yeah, it's like he's gonna. It's like he's gonna say, but but then there's no but. Yeah, <laughs> don't mind. He's a terrible person. Bye. You're you're right. He is a terrible person. Goodbye. There's a great deal of myth about Dragon. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature advances cheap, tasteless statue? Yeah, because he is a toxic fuckbag, and that's why he's the boss. Sounds about right. And he starts handing out work for everyone to do, and the other, one of the other construction workers is like, oh, we, we don't want to go against affirmative action here. You should put her to work. And so he's like, okay, go help him carry those metal beams. And she walks over and casually picks up a several hundred pound I-beam. Yeah, it seems like they would have a <laughs> cart for that or something. I, yeah, it seems like. Yeah. But or a she forklift. Just, she just picks it up, throws it over her shoulder, and turns to walk. And Why not? And, you know, everyone's stunned silence like you would be. They all stare. Cut to a little later. She's I sh- sure as fuck couldn't pick up an I-beam. No. <laughs> yeah, cut to a little later. She's chatting about wanting a career, not just a job, and helps this other guy lift one of those beams up onto a sawhorse or something. And he chastises her for working too fast. And making oh, them all look bad. He he says, we're paid by the hour. What are you trying to do? Yeah. And it's like, there's cert- there's something to be said there. Is there is some like, logic like, to that. Don't, if they're only going to pay you so much, milk it. Milk it. But, you know, some people want to go home today. Because remember, in capitalism, if their job is to fuck us over, our job is to do the same. It's to fuck them back, yes. It's, it's symbiotic that way. 
Yes. Oh, we're just fucking each other consensually. <laughs> Isn't that great? Uh, so we see Tony in the background looking at her as this moment is happening. Yeah. And then we cut real quick to the surveillance van where Warren and Jonathan are sticking their heads out the window with a pair of binoculars, bickering about the relative directions in terms of clockwork as they spot Buffy with some uh, these fucking gigantic ass binoculars. Jonathan tells Andrew uh, that it's his turn, like, you know, to fuck with Buffy. And he pulls out a pipe flute and starts to play it. Summons some demons to attack Buffy. Cut back to the construction site. The foreman accidentally startles her and he's about to say something. And then she suddenly throws him across the room. He hits his head on the wall. He hits his head on the wall. And, you know, at least he's wearing a, uh, a, hard, a hard hat. hat. I, I don't think where he hit his head. No. I don't think that hard it hat. It only helped very little, but it probably helped a, 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 little. a little. I don't think it did much, though. <laughs> but, no, she throws him because there's a demon behind him and she starts fighting the demon. She kills one with a shovel. I really liked that. There's three of them total, apparently. Yeah, she does some cool flippy moves and um, flings them into some walls and stuff. She picks up a shovel. Like, you see skateboarders kick their skateboard up. Oh, yeah. I, and that just looked cool to me. I liked that. Oh, absolutely. Or, like, I always thought the coolest fucking thing was when martial artists do that thing where they're lying down and they jump to their feet. Right? I love that. I Or I try, backflips. I tried to learn how to do that when I was a kid, and I just... <laughs> it turns out I don't have the legs for it, honestly. Oh. You, you need longer legs uh-huh. because it matters where your center of gravity is and how you throw your weight, and... I have stubby little legs, and I can't do that. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, so she kills one with a shovel. The guys are freaking out. Oh, right. Presumably from the demons. Yes. Presumably. Well, and the fight does cause some uh, damage to the room. And she breaks one of the demons' neck with some wire conduit. I thought she was going to like pop his head off, but she right? just kind of snaps his neck. No, the kill that really got me, though, was she crushed one's head with the fucking scissor, scissor lift. lift. Yeah. Oh, my God. She... I, I was like, how you OSHA gonna, would have a field day. I thought she was just going to like <laughs> hold him down and press the button and right? watch it slowly go. <laughs> but no, she just grabs the fucking hydraulic line yeah. and the whole thing just goes squish. <laughs> like, oh, damn. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the the problem here, though, is that the demons all melt. Yeah, and they, they yeah. leave, like, a little bit of moisture, it seems like, in the spots where they melt, but not a whole lot. No, they all melt. Back to the van. Where oh, they're, right, right. They're bickering over the binoculars still Ugh. again, and then they... I think Warren pushes Andrew aside, where he accidentally yep. hits the horn, which plays the fucking Star Wars theme and Buffy definitely notices. Yeah, she notices the van. Xander comes up and is like, oh, what, what's going on? What's all the hullabaloo? And the foreman comes up. He's got blood all over the side of his fucking head. Yep. And he's like, I don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. I came up to say, hey, you're doing good work and, and, and praise she, her. And she threw me. And she just freaked out. And Vince, this other fucking guy, thinks she's just losing it. Uh, well, he no, he was one of the ones who was cowering from the demons, and oh, he yeah. very obviously doesn't want to admit that he was saved by a, quote, girl. But he wasn't cowering from the demons. He doesn't want to... Qu- 
admit that he was cowering because he was scared of Buffy. Right. He he because they couldn't see the demons. Right. He no he, he they could see the demons. No, nobody could see the demons. She was the only one that could see the demons. That's why they were freaking out. I'm positive because they're like they could. this little girl's just flipping out, and it looked like she was about to attack them, and that's why they were cowering because they see, know I, how. Str- I saw it as uh, I saw it as they saw the demons. They were reacting to the demons, but they didn't want to admit that they were demons, and they didn't want to admit that they were saved by her. So he just claimed that she was freaking out. I that's not what I got from it at all. No, I might have they, to rewatch that scene. Yeah, no, because. Xander's that like, would be interesting if she was the only one who could see the demons. Yeah, watch that scene with the idea that they can't see the demons, and I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. Because from Tony's perspective, she just flipped out and threw him against the wall. Yeah. Um, and he didn't know why. And then the other guys, when she's running at the demons, you know, imagine you see somebody... Imagine you see Edward Norton fighting himself, and then he starts running in your direction. You'd fucking freak out. Yeah. Ah, the crazy no, guys I, come I at gonna, me. I'm going to have to rewatch that. But anyway, Xander uh, is notably upset because like, there's a lot of damage and that the client's going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cost there. Uh, he takes her out of the construction site. Is, you know, He says he does believe her, that there were demons. But yeah, he just can't reconcile having demons at his job instead of Buffy's job. Yeah. It's like, well, Buffy's job isn't a job because she's not getting paid for it. Right. But she should be. And he walks her outside. He does believe that there were demons. He's not mad at her. No. But he's still firing her. But he would lose his job if he tried to keep yeah, her on because exactly. they're all like, hey, your your girl just flipped out on us. Yeah, he can't, he had to. It's not Xander's fault. As much as I want to come down on Xander, I can't for this no i think all in all he handled things fine like he didn't get really really angry and yelling at her or anything like that but he's in a bind (laughs) you can't keep someone like that on on staff correct so he sends her home to talk to giles wants her to figure out what the fuck's going on xander believes her and thinks she's being fucked with he tells her to sketch the demons so they can look at it later and then we cut to the magic box where Giles isn't so much doing research as he is stress testing tables. Yeah. <laughs> he's, oh, you know, I forgot about that part. Yeah, he's got a bunch of books out on the table to research yeah, what's one going of, on. One of my quotes, table full of books, Buffy looks at him and says, are you researching or stress testing the table? Mm-hmm. That was clever. Yeah, I liked it. There's a bit of uh, unrealness that bothers me in this this part of the, the episode. Buffy is getting training in retail. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how retail works. You don't get trained. They just throw you to the wolves. Exactly. And you sink or swim. And you come out of it with anxiety. Exactly. One way or another. And maybe some ringing in the ear from people yelling at you. Definitely some ringing in the ear. (laughs) That is the, that's scientifically how tinnitus starts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making that up. This is not medical advice. (laughs) If people come here for medical advice. You're doing it wrong. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Go to a doctor. But also. Well. Yeah. But also give us a call. (laughs) 269-743-0783. You know what? I'm adding a perk. We will diagnose your illness. (laughs) Holistically. 
No, no. If you want, you, you got too many dragons what, in your blood. <laughs> you should we will do tell cocaine you what's wrong about with it. You. We will tell you what's wrong with you. Unfortunately, the answer will probably be, "Why are you asking us what's wrong with you?" <laughs> and also, do shrooms about it. <laughs> Not medical advice. Would you like to buy some leeches? I have a fresh batch. (laughs) I can't guarantee they'll be fresh by the time they get to you. (laughs) Take two and call me in the morning. (laughs) Yep. Swallow them whole. Swallow them whole. Slimy yet satisfying. Slimy yet satisfying. All right. That was pretty good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, then, so only moments later. I don't have anything else about the, the table scene. No. Um, the, the trio casts a spell in the van uh, using some Latin, some fog machines, and a big can, magic can bone. Just, can I just say, like... And no small amount of homophobia. Why, why do they make them bicker so much? It's fucking awful. The scenes with these three are just awful. Sometimes, I fucking hate them. I was going to say sometimes it's funny, but then I thought of something where they're actually not bickering. It's actually where they're enjoying themselves. Um, so, yeah, no, the bickering, you know, like I said, these are not fun villains to hate. These are annoying villains to hate. Yeah. And I would easily vote that the trio is the worst big bad of all seven Hands seasons. fucking down. Without a doubt. Even Adam is better. Yes. Uh, there's some... Dark Willow counts as the big bad almost more yeah. than the trio. We get some homophobic bullshit, uh, magic bone. Because Andrew doesn't want to hold hands. Yeah. Warren points out that uh, you know what homophobia actually means. Yeah, and he, which, you know, he's which not is, wrong on that. Which is funny because Andrew of the three, if I were to guess any of them were gay... It would be Andrew. Yeah. I mean, that's just a stereotype that I might be perpetuating there, but. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But no, Jonathan casts a spell. It fills the van with smoke. And. And then a woman in a red jacket enters the magic shop as Giles gives Buffy some advice about sales. You know, it's it's more about service than making a sale. Treat it like a library. And Anya pushes Buffy over to the woman in red uh, to make a sale, and she's snagged by this guy on her way over there who wants a romantic candle. And the options, there's <laughs> lemon seduction and essence of slug. Yeah. Buffy like, takes all of two seconds to be like, maybe you should go with lemon seduction and not can essence I just of say, slug. Can I just say that if you are somebody who can't make a romantic decision based on those two options you shouldn't date anybody anybody ever (laughs) anybody no just take yourself (laughs) out of the gene pool just you're done get a vasectomy (laughs) and i hope you like porn which one's more romantic essence of slug what the fuck is wrong with you i don't know what women like (laughs) i thought perhaps she would enjoy this slug candle (laughs) god damn you're making us look bad bro (laughs) fuck a doodle do on a positive note it's a it's an easy bar to jump (laughs) (laughs) that's fair yeah setting the bar low Opening doors, you know, taking I, one for the team. In the 
early <laughs> in the early months spin. in the early months of my relationship with Caitlin, it was a little on the amusing side, but also very unfortunate because there were so many times when Caitlin was like, "You're doing." And whatever it was I was doing, you're doing blank. And I'm being like, well, yeah, like, why wouldn't I do this basic fucking aspect of treating you like a person? And it was just so beyond what they were used to. Well, because you've already gotten laid, Rex. So why would you put in any effort afterwards? Right. <laughs> no, it's a real question. Why would you put in any effort afterwards, Rex? Because I... I care about this yes, person. Yes, and. Yes, and. <laughs> I care about All this right. person. Wow. That's, that's, you're going to make me yes and my own shitty question. <laughs> I, this is not going to paint me. I'm not very good at yes and. I'm painting myself into a corner. I just want to point that out before I continue with this joke. <laughs> so let, here we go. <clears throat> and, uh, wow, you have respect for women. All right. We're moving on from that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the, we're not keeping up with that one. Yeah. Once upon a time, there was um, a kitty. She was very little, and she was all alone, and nobody wanted her. Did the kitty get chosen by some nice people? Well, now you ruined the ending. We cut back to the van where Jonathan explains... No, no, no. Lady or, lady in red coat wants a mummy hand. Oh, right. I missed that part. Buffy yeah. says, coming right up and fucks off to the basement to get it. I mean, she's like, oh, actually, no, I, I I think we do have one of those. Excuse me. And she finds it. And this is a... It's a very aggressive <laughs> disembodied mummy hand. Yeah. It's basically they use the exact same special effects they used for Thing yep. in the Adams family. It, the I love it. Yeah, and it's really good. She, she stabs it. She ends up stabbing it with a dagger. What is it? The dagger of Lex? Uh, I didn't write it I'm down. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, something like that. Cut to her upstairs giving this bloody <laughs> dagger with a mummy hand sticking out of it. <laughs> and you get the fucking, mummy, and you get the dagger for free. Fucking mummy hand kebab. <laughs> it comes with a free dagger. <laughs> Look at the you can Don't mind the goo. <laughs> you can see the inlaid <laughs> mother of pearl underneath the black goo. <laughs> and the the woman and she doesn't want that. The woman is displeased by this yeah, quite. and and leaves. I mean, fuck her. She didn't say it had to be an animated mummy hand. Right. What, do, what do you mean it's dead? You were expecting it to be alive? This is weird. Also, why doesn't that shit come with some packaging? Right. Why is... I think she needs to have a conversation with Giles. Yeah. Hey, Giles, how are we supposed to wrangle or this no, fucking Anya. mummy hand? It, Anya, because it's no longer Giles' store. Uh... He's just an investor yeah. at this point. Anya's been alive doing crazy shit for a thousand years. She should know better. She should be the fucking expert here. Yeah. Huh. That's just poor inventory management there. But quarter of the day, she, Buffy's holding the fucking dagger with the hand on it. She's like, oh, it's just playing dead. Smacks it. Little scamp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings. And we restart the whole thing We again. reset. Buffy spins around looking confused. Um, As you would be. Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> Get out and check that hog out there. Yeehaw! <laughs> You're playing yesterday's tape, guys. Nope. <laughs> 
uh, Buffy is confounded as Giles gives her the same detached pep talk that he did seemingly only moments ago. And then he wanders away unbothered as she's like, what, 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 huh? What? <laughs> While he's talking, right? literally. I love, I do love the like little nod they give here because it showcases that Giles is not remotely listening to her. Not remotely. Because the entirety not, of this Not scene. a single moment do they repeat this little bit that he says and he delivers it in any different way. He's it just is exactly the same. He's just in one of those moods yeah. here. Like Well, he's researching, he's distracted, he's he's focused. Yeah, he's he's definitely in research mode and I think a little high. Maybe. He's probably I think he's doing some beetle snuff or something. <laughs> that's my guess because i have no idea how that would affect you this is one of the and i've been watching a lot of deep space nine (laughs) this is probably i think one of my favorite sequences of the whole episode it's done fairly well i think absolutely and groundhog day was always one of my favorite movies exactly and groundhog day was always one of my favorite movies exactly and groundhog day was always (laughs) one of my favorite movies i'm gonna throw shit at you You know, the first time you repeated it, I actually thought you repeated it because I had accidentally stepped on what you said. And Groundhog Day has always been one of my favorite movies. I will jump this goddamn table. It's the same thing your whole life. Pick up your feet, stand up straight. Be nice to your sister. Take it like a man. Oh, yeah. Don't drive on the railroad tracks. Don't mix beer and wine, ever. Oh, yeah. Don't drive on the railroad tracks. I fucked uh, it up. Um, actually, Phil, that's one I kind of <laughs> agree with. <laughs> oh, epic. It's uh, too late for flapjacks. <laughs> and flapjacks, <laughs> officer. Because <laughs> uh, we cut back to the van uh, after the first time Giles walks away unbothered. Yeah. And Warren notes that she is she's she's doing it. She's looping. And Jonathan explains he made it so that she had to satisfy a customer with a task that resists solving. Yep. So now we know what's going on. This is actually very good storytelling. Yeah. Just, you know, fuck the trio. Um, So now we're back inside where Anya sends Buffy over to the lady uh, to sell something. Don't be nervous. Just do what I do. Picture yourself naked. Picture yourself naked. (laughs) I fucking love Anya. I... (laughs) <laughs> well, this teaches us some important aspects of Anya as a person. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the, she has great self-esteem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we knew that part, though. <laughs> um, and I, I couldn't help but picture Anya naked after that. It's like, that's good advice, Anya. Thank you. <laughs> so... As Buffy's walking back to the lady in red, she hands the dude the lemon candle without talking to him. She tries to tell the lady that she doesn't have the mummy hand, but she won't take no for an answer. Yep. Like a real Karen. She's like, I'm not leaving until I get a mummy hand. She's she's a real Hermione about it, actually. And she's got a British accent. I think it was British anyway. I have no idea. Um, But... Uh, uh, Buffy Buffy folds and she's like alright I'll go get the hand but back to the van real quick Warren notes that she's figuring out the game Andrew wants to figure it out uh, wants her to figure it out quicker than data on TNG where the Enterprise kept blowing up I appreciate that reference so much more than any it, other yeah. Star Wars references yeah 
Uh, by the way, that's season five, episode 18. It's called Cause and Effect of the Which next, is a pretty good episode. The Next Generation. And guest starring Kelsey Grammer. Really? Yeah. Because it's about a ship from the past that keeps going through like a wormhole yeah. or a white okay, hole or yes, something. I remember that. And colliding with them, and they eventually have to figure out how to get out of the loop. Fun fact, complete side note, tangent. Speaking of Kelsey Grammer, Frasier. There's new episodes of Frasier. just started up again. Yeah, I'm going to watch that real soon, because uh, it's on Paramount, and I have yeah. Paramount. So they also mentioned Mulder and the X-Files when the bank kept exploding, which I don't remember, but that doesn't surprise me that it happened. That, by the way, is season six, episode 14, entitled Monday of the X-Files, if you want to check that out. I remember that. And Andrew thinks that Scully is super into him. Nobody questions this, but that doesn't stop everyone from judging his delusions harshly. And I'm right on board with that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Back to the shop. So I do want to mention that the sequence of events of reliving this few moments is hands down the best representation of working in retail I've ever seen in TV. (laughs) (laughs) Probably completely unintentionally. Yes. They were just like, I want to do a Groundhog Day. Ironically, (laughs) we're going to actually represent the entirety of retail while we're at it. So they lost points for, oh, she gets training, but they gain points because, well... It's realistic in every other way. Yeah. Stupid people and overly demanding customers. And the same thing day in, day out. Right. So now Buffy's down there trying to get the hand... And this is the time she brings out the tongs. Yep. Cut cuts to the customer where she's like Well, she she clacks them together a couple yeah. times cuz you know why. But, yeah. Got to got to test your tongs. Got to make sure that they're tongy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so she brings the the bag with the mummy hand in it back up to the lady. <laughs> the lady looks horrified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't actually see the hand, but Buffy looks up and goes Oh, uh, the fingers are sold separately. <laughs> we get a, another quick cut of her trying to give the hand to the lady and it's attacking her. We get another. Be- before that, before that, Buffy's reached to the fuck it. I'm stealing money from a bank and using my knowledge of the future to fuck women phase of her groundhog, <laughs> of her groundhog day experience. Um, but instead... Um, she just blows off, you know, instead of doing those things, she blows off Anya and tells Giles she's going to marry Bob Dole and raise penguins in Guam. <laughs> if she does try to walk out and then finds herself back in. Also does that. Um, and then she's like, mummy hand, you got it, lady. And <laughs> cut to the hand strangling the woman. Yeah. I th- and then we get another cut and the mummy has the tongs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, th- I think the hand strangling the woman is really the best case scenario. Yes. I don't know why she didn't just let it happen. Right. Just like, let the hand strangle the woman, Buffy. This is what yeah. she wanted. She wanted a mummy hand. You got your fucking mummy hand, lady. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen to that woman when the, the delivery When she gets home, yeah. yeah. They can't morally, conscientiously sell her this hand. <laughs> like, if the Slayer can't handle the hand, no pun intended... <laughs> Should they be selling it to a random pedestrian? I don't. <laughs> anyway, mummy hands for all. Yeah, special physical loop um, where she goes through the door. Did you ever see Palm Springs? Nope. It's a really good movie with a time loop plot. But 
the trick there is the guy can go anywhere in the world that he wants to as long as he doesn't fall asleep. Once he falls asleep, it resets. Hmm. He can go for days or weeks at a time in this time loop without it resetting if he doesn't fall asleep. And sometimes he explains that um, he gets injured and goes to the hospital with a concussion where they won't let him sleep. Oh, that would be awful. Yup. <laughs> that would be awful. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's actually a really fun Palm movie. Springs. Palm Springs. I'll I, have to look that I one recommend up. it. I have not. Yeah, I have not seen that. Really good one. And it, you know who else it has in it? I... The guy who speaks for Cave Johnson. Oh. Yeah. Shit. Uh, yeah, that guy. Oh, that's going to bother me. That's going to bother me. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. That's right. That. Oh, yeah. I fuck. I will have, like, even if it was a terrible movie, I'd be like, J.K. Simmons is in it? Fuck yeah, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but it's not a terrible movie. It's really good. Palm Springs. I have to fucking remember that. Yeah. Because I, I love time loop movies. When they're done well, they're so fun. It's on Hulu. Awesome. Awesome. There you go. I will watch that tomorrow at work. Do it. So cut to the basement. This is where the hand has the tongs. Buffy stares defeatedly at quite possibly the funniest thing I've ever seen on this show. (laughs) This fucking mummy hand just clacking the tongs at her. Like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? It's It's like an angry crab. I fucking love it. Can I just say, I want, I would, like, not that I could because my hand issues and everything, but, like, there's some dude in Hollywood who makes a living off of performing disembodied hands. Playing a disembodied hand. Yeah. I think one of the the directors or the higher-up executives played the hand in Adam's Family, but it ended up being, like, a whole thing, and he it was the same actor in... The first and the second movie. I knew that. Yeah. And he basically just spent the whole movie sliding around on a cart. Right? Yeah. <laughs> With his arm and his, the rest of his body I'm wrapped sorry, in that blue. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, think of all the times when you were a kid, like, sitting in a long car drive and you, like, put your fingers up and, like, run across the... Did you ever do to that? To annoy your little sister or your mom or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That that's just a green a dream gig there. Exactly. No, the the fucking the fucking tongs and Buffy's yes. the look on Buffy's face just slayed me. No pun intended. <laughs> um. So she tries to remove the doorbell. Doesn't work. It just dings again and it starts over. And she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Go with the slug candle. She's not going to sleep with you anyway. <laughs> we cut back to the van again. Warren acts out the dead parrot sketch from Monty Python. As they're watching the cameras, we see the lady shaking the mummy hand at Buffy, and he's like, this mummy hand has ceased to be. Andrew finishes up with, it's an ex-mummy hand. Did you get that reference? I didn't. That's the dead parrot sketch from oh Monty my Python. Oh, God. I am, I am disappointed in myself. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciated that nerd reference. Yeah. I'm okay with that one. Uh, I, you know, they weren't. That one's clever. That one's clever, and they weren't bickering. They were having a good time. Yeah. Just there's so few of those moments with these guys, though. Exactly. That's one of their very few fun moments. I actually like the part in this scene. I think it's the scene, um, or at some point they cut back to the van and Warren slaps 
kind of playfully Andrew with uh, a fake hand. Oh yeah, that's the same and, same spot. But the reason I liked that is because in a previous cut to the van, you can see that fake hand on a like little shelf behind them. Huh. So like it was probably just something the actor like grabbed and it's like, "Oh, this is going to be fun." Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. So I I think that was like good use of space and props and, or shout out and to the props department yeah somebody probably planned that i don't know or or it's good improv either way well done so yeah then buffy stomps out giles's glasses giles takes it pretty well actually he's just kind of confused uh she grabs the lady and chucks her out the door <laughs> saying you're doing this ding she whips the candle at the guy's stomach ding Buffy sobs uncontrollably while Anya and Giles watch, confused. This is where I kind of wondered if this spell works like that episode of Rick and Morty where Rick makes a remote control for Morty that makes real life have a save point like video games so that he can go back and change outcomes. But but Rick made it all fucked up. So in reality, what's happening is um, all the things that Morty is doing actually happened each time he resets. It kills a theoretical timeline of a Morty and the people he interacted with are left in that timeline dimension to deal with the fallout of Morty's actions. What fucking episode is that? I don't remember what season or episode it is, but if anybody who's watched, watched it, it can look it up. It's, it's an excellent episode. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if that's what's going on here. But it is a spell instead of right. science. So, and I don't. I actually don't think that this woman, this customer, is actually a real person. I think she's part of the spell. I think she's part of the spell as well. But I mean, Giles and Anya aren't part of the spell. This yeah, woman true. could have legitimately been coming in to buy a mummy hand. Yeah. Or maybe the mummy hand is really the only part of the spell. But yeah, the 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 spell is broken when Buffy, talking to the lady, realizes. I can't give you that mummy hand, but we can special order you one, and it can be delivered to anywhere you want. Yes. So that when it gets to your house, you can open the fucking box, and it murders you. And that's fine. <laughs> you know, that's, As long as I'm not there reliving it. <laughs> that's out of our hands. It's, it's in the mummy hands now. Um. <laughs> Uh, but she forgets to charge shipping. This does break the loop, thank God. Yes. And I'm uh, thank Keanu. And she forgets to charge shipping. And Anya's like, "Oh, that's okay. I'll just take it out of your pay." And Giles agrees to that, which is a hundred percent bullshit and illegal. Well, I didn't look up California. I don't law. know if it's illegal in California. It is illegal if it were here in Michigan. Yeah. I, Michigan is at least a little bit sane, and it's like, no, don't you? You yeah, don't get to play that game. It's considered price of doing business. Yes, and I, I assume it's probably not legal in California. Yeah, I, I would assume so as well. Buffy does the completely correct thing and quits on the spot. Since you know, when the fuck is this a commissioned sales job anyway? Right. They always just slept shit at the counter and let people shop around. Yeah. Whatever. Why is it a sales job now? Fear me. He's so cute. You didn't sense a hyena energy at all, did you? Because hyena possession is just unpleasant. 
Run, flee, maybe skedaddle. Oh, I missed the free hot dogs on um, But anyway, we cut back to the van. They're tallying up points. They don't give Jonathan credit for taking the longest because it was only that long from outside the perspective of the time loop. So the fuck what? That's bullshit. That sounds like it the only perspective that matters. How long it was by the perspective of Buffy. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, dumbasses, a lot of them. They really are. And uh, also, they did two different things with playing with time. How the fuck are they playing with time? Right. Like, that's a, that's a hell well, of a leap. But. The time loop spell by universe, uh, f- fictional universe standards, yeah. mi- makes more plausibility. It does. The technological inhibitor, I really fucking want to know more. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to know what the hell that was about. That had to be somehow fucking around with magic as well, but... Of course, any sufficiently advanced science is indistinguishable from magic block. I would like to propose, by the way, that Jonathan won, Warren came in second, and Andrew lost because Andrew's was just lame. It was pretty lame. He played a flute. Yeah, he played a flute. Three demons. She killed them so fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he gets extra points for getting her fired. But yeah. What weaknesses did they discover from that? Exactly. I yeah, and I was wondering. So, uh, time is passing during this time loop. Um, what happens if the loop goes so long that it becomes nighttime? How would the people in the loop react to that? Would they notice? Probably because it sounds like actual with, time is still passing. Right when with the way they kind of present it, it kind of puts the shop itself in a little like bubble. You know, so time seems to be passing outside of that, the shop normally. So, so did they just have a bunch of lost time after they got out of the loop? I think so. Where did six hours go? Yeah. Basically. That's what what I think happened. Huh. Because, I mean, they were in the van watching the whole time. So, like, that makes the most sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can live with that. Cut to Spike's lair. Yes. Where Buffy pours some whiskey, says, this is going to be great. Takes a shot of whiskey and goes, Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> whiskey tends to do that if you're not a seasoned whiskey drinker. I just love that this whole fucking sequence, every single time she takes a swig of liquor, she makes that face. Exact goes, same Bleh. reaction every time. <laughs> And Buffy complains of life being shitty and now extra shitty because someone's out to get her, but it's okay because Giles is on it. Spike scoffs at that and insists she should be checking in on the demon world, kicking shins and taking names. Yeah. And because uh, you're not one of them, you're you're a creature of darkness. Yeah, you're you're like not a schoolgirl. Uh, you're a creature creature of darkness like him exactly. Yeah, super smooth, Spike. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Uh, he implores her to try it on for size, like. Yes. Sometimes the shit that I wrote, I'm like, oh god, really? You wanted me to pitch that, Josh? <laughs> what was past Josh Thank thinking? You. Past Josh wanted me to say he implores her to try it on for size, like his dick. <laughs> okay, you know what? Actually, I like that. No, that's um, <laughs> that's what he's going it's for. Not, it's not incorrect. <laughs> All right, past Josh, you're back in. 
<laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you lost me for a second, but it was my own fault. I shouldn't have doubted you. <laughs> so... So Buffy's in as long as there is drinks. Of course there's fucking drinks. It's a bar. They invented drinks. The dark side. Oh, right. Yeah. In general, not just a bar, but also it's a bar. (laughs) So cut to a shady demon bar where Spike orders drinks. Buffy gets a whole ass bottle of, I think, I want to say it was Jose Cuervo. It looked like tequila. Some kind of tequila. The color of the liquor looked tequila. Yeah, it was very yellow. It could have just been piss. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> well, it was judging too, by the face she made. It was it was a kind of a gold, gold brown, and it was too light of a color to be uh, whiskey. Right. Well, I was looking at the label. It looked like it was, maybe it wasn't, actual jose cuervo because they probably made up some generic brand that is similar to the the prop the prop label exactly bob cuervo tequila (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) john curvo yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so spike takes them back to a back room where there's a poker game and buffy thinks they're gonna rough them up to get info out of them but she should think this because that is what Fucking Spike has been implying this whole goddamn time. Yeah, but turns out, no, he just intends to play some cards and schmooze them. Yeah. And, you know, maybe steal all of their kittens. Spike just wanted some kittens. Right. He didn't want to eat them. Can't play, boob. It's like, I'm lonely. No, he didn't want to eat them. He Um, wanted wanted a fucking giant bundle of kittens in his goddamn lair. Like, why wouldn't you? I thought you were going to say he wanted to fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to fuck Buffy. Which reminds me, why do you wrap your hamsters in duct tape? (sighs) Why? So they don't explode when you fuck them. Or, or you, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> interchangeable with kittens, I guess. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> I don't know. How dare you put such imagery in my head? Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, shit. You should have seen, seen this fucking post that Kefro Gnome oh, shared with me the God. other night. She sent it to me in a private message, so I'm not going to share it to the world. But it, it's, it's fucked up. It's... <laughs> <laughs> on par with people sticking hamsters in their butts. Oh, God. Um, moving, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. But the point was she found a kink that's shameable, and I agreed. <laughs> we don't always kink shame here at Beer with Buffy. I'm, that is a retroactive addendum. <laughs> retroactive to episode one oh, of season one. All right, you you know the greatest tell to tell whether an episode we're recording is good is if we get to this point in the recording and my face starts hurting. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, they play for kittens. Yeah, Buffy sits off to the side as they each ante up with a kitten. Spike asks for a tiny tabby as an advance. Uh, quote of the day uh, Spike says, "Who? so who's going to advance me a tiny tabby? Get me started? Come on. Someone's got to stake me. Buffy replies, I'll do it. 
what you thought I was gonna just let that one lie there? <laughs> I just like that mm-hmm. good banter. Yes, that was also a quote of the day. And then life. she took takes a swig of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Gag. And back to the van where Warren says something about Final Jeopardy. They're driving, yep. um, but Buffy's the one who's in Jeopardy. And then they argue about who's who's the best Bond, yep. as in James Bond. Somebody's like, "Yeah, we're we're like becoming real villains, like Doctor No." And then Warren's like, "Yeah, back when Sean Connery was Bond, then back when movies were good." And then Jonathan's like, "I don't know. I thought Roger Moore was smooth." Andrew's like, I like Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Warren just smacks him ups- upside the head. I mean, they're just turning into the fucking Three Stooges now. Oh, God, yeah. They are unquestionably the Three Stooges. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, Warren is Mo Because Mo was always the leader, wasn't he? Yep. Cut back to the poker game, uh, where Spike wins all the kittens. Big old basket of kittens. He lays down a straight flush. They accuse him of cheating, and then the loose-skinned demon finds an ace in the fold of his arm. Yeah. It's big. Oh, gross. Did you know he's one of the actors that came back for the Audible thing? Really? Yes. Can't remember I didn't his, know that. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but if you look it up, his actual canonical name, he doesn't really have one. It's loose-skinned demon. Hmm. And uh, yeah, he's the one working right now with James Marsters and Charisma Carpenter very cool amber benson making new buffy material official i know i'm i hate giving money to audible though right i mean i don't even know what's wrong with them i just assume the worst they're owned by amazon of course they are cool 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 so yeah loose demon's like i had no (laughs) idea that was there i could have leaned on that days ago Greenskin demon's like, you better go, Spike. Things could get ugly. And the scaly demon's like, it got ugly the second he walked in. Him and his human. Quote of the day, loose-skinned demon. Her skin's so tight, I don't even know how you can look at her. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking loved that. Yeah. That's a good line. And uh, Spike's ready to fight now, because I'll be damned if you're going to call my woman (laughs) tight-skinned. I mean, she is, and damn, but that's not the point here. Uh, they want him to leave the winnings, and he's like, I'm keeping my fucking kittens. Um, but Buffy's not getting into a bar fight over fucking Spike's yeah. right to gamble for kittens. <laughs> it's a stupid currency anyway. Yeah, it is. Buffy flips over the basket of kittens. Uh, so one of the demons said, the money's getting away. <laughs> Buffy runs off. Spike follows. Yeah. Spike makes the mistake of asking what's wrong. Drunk Buffy goes yeah. on a rant about how she doesn't and fit she in anywhere. rips into him, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's like, I'm too dumb for college, too freakish for construction, too bored for retail. And the only person I can even stand to be around is a neutered vampire who cheats at kitten poker. And he's like, oh, oh you noticed the that. cheating. <laughs> <laughs> cheats at kitten poker. <laughs> Oh, man. So then we cut back to the, the trio where they're in full-blown arguing about Bond. Still. Yeah. Couldn't believe they were still going on about that shit. And then we cut back to Buffy standing outside. Spike kind of almost bumps into her. And she's just staring across the parking lot at the van. He's like, if you want to steal a van, I'm I'm in. But we've still got the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> Which he is the one that he stole. Yeah. Four episodes ago. 
which I appreciated. But Buffy approaches the van. They notice and the trio notices and they're like, Jonathan, get your magic bone. And they all titter like schoolgirls over magic bone. Jonathan uh, uses a spell to disguise himself as a demon, uh, like super cliche red skin wing horn demon. Yeah, something you'd see in D&D. Yeah. It, actually, it, it looked exactly what I what the monsters from like the fucking Power Rangers when we were kids. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's the quality. And it's like, no, that that I think that's exactly the kind of thing that Jonathan would be like, oh, this is a demon. Right. <laughs> I mean, they did go all out with the makeup. Yeah. Though. And the actor that they had doing this did a phenomenal job of acting like Jonathan. Right, because I it was indistinguishable as far as I was concerned. No, I, was I like, thought it was fantastic. I was like, that is absolutely Jonathan as a demon. Yeah, exactly. And so, big red demon with wings runs out. Um, I was testing you. Yeah, you have discovered me, but do not try to defeat me, for I have been testing you, and I know your weaknesses. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Buffy tries to punch him, but misses, and I couldn't tell if that was. Um, because his, her hand whiffed right through his head because he was short? I think it was that. I think it went through the illusion. Okay. And she just thought she's drunk. I was, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> sure if she was supposed to be, oh, she missed because she's drunk right. or if it was because of the illusion. Could go either way. Um, but then she kicks him in the balls and that works just fine. No, it was the gut. Oh, was it? It was the gut. Okay. Fine. Spoil all my fun. And the demon, I am well struck. I call on the misty portal to my demon dimension where I will lay my head and gently die. Throws down a smoke bomb. We watch the the cameras at an angle so that the smoke bomb obscures Buffy and Spike's view. But we get to see Jonathan run off in the background. Yeah. He's just scuttling away like a fucking idiot. And after he's gone, Buffy's like, did he explode? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of makes you feel powerful, doesn't it? I feel like I'm going to be sick. They were just so fucking drunk. Um, Well, she was. Yeah. Spike probably doesn't get as drunk as easily because he's a vampire. Uh, back in the van, which has moved now, yep, because they fucked off while Jonathan was handling them. Jonathan changes back into himself, and he's in his underwear now, or he's he, he's in the loincloth, yeah, I guess. And he is he is very injured. <laughs> you know, he got punched by the Slayer. Yeah, that's how fucking Houdini died. You know, mm-hmm. Andrew is awed by the idea that Buffy so much has touched Jonathan. Uh. And Jonathan's like, yeah, it was real sexy the way she touched me real hard with her fists. <laughs> and I'm like, but she didn't. She kicked you. It was her foot. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It was still funny. Um, Warren nearly breaks his arm, jerking himself off about, oh, we took on the Slayer and we've got so much data on her now and we're almost ready to be a real threat to her. And then they all yank it over some free cable porn. Yeah. Is this free cable porn even a thing? Maybe it was in no, the no, 90s. It, it, like pirated cable. Kind of, like, that's what they're talking about, I think. Okay. Oh, it wasn't oh, like free cable oh, porn. It's, it's cable porn. It's like not pay-per-view. Paying. Yeah. But they yeah. don't have to pay-per-view. Exactly. They get to yank-per-view exactly. yeah. for free. Yeah. All they had to do was 
knock over a bank. Yeah, apparently. Big deal. Um, so yeah, we're back at Buffy's house. Buffy is busy sobering up under Giles' supervision. Yeah, she's fairly hungover. Uh, she thinks she's screwing everything up. He tries to console her. And honestly, he consoles her in the best way possible. With money! Money! And lots of it. <laughs> you know, I can't solve all of your problems, but I can solve most of them with this it, check. This kind of falls into the thing that we, we talked about it at one point, where, like, he's got an income for being a watcher. Why doesn't she have an income for being the slayer, for fuck's sake? Well, is he officially back on the council? Yes. Oh. Yes. And he definitely had an income from owning a store as well. Yes. Probably still does. Probably still getting a percentage from Anya. He's still part owner. He's just not operator. Exactly. Huh. So, like, it's got to be a pretty substantial amount of money. To be fair, it wasn't just the money. No. It was like, you're you're being too hard on yourself. Take it easy. And uh, you don't have to figure everything out all at once. And on top of that, you were literally being tested by some demon. But then, yeah, big stanky check. And she's like, ah! It's I'm a Christmas little, early. Like, it always bothers me in shows where they don't mention how much something is. And like I understand completely why they don't mention how much, but it also like I'm guessing around the 25k range. Yeah. But I think it would take away from it 20 years later to hear the number and be like that's not that much money. Yeah, fair. Because we're not immediately accounting for inflation. I do I do love how she's like, oh, this is just too much. And Giles is like, well, then I'll take it back then. He's well, like, no, just, no, no, I was just being polite. Just tear it up. <laughs> Here, let me do it for you. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't. He's Ripper. But she appreciates it. And she goes to tell Don because Don loves it when things get easy. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can relate. I can as well. <laughs> she turns around to tell Giles how safe it makes her feel to know that he's always going to be around. And he has that look in his eye of like, well, I guess I should just fuck off then. Yeah. Uh, well, he keeps <laughs> his smile genuine until she walks away. And then he lets it fade a little too quickly. Gerarg. Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. You've got something here. So what do you think about this episode, Josh? Well, I'm gonna start with my last thought there. How could you possibly hear her say that's the first thing that's made me feel safe since I came back from the dead, and then decide that you need to leave her? Because she's not self-sufficient enough. Right. You make her feel safe. More importantly, she's fucking trying. And she needs something to make her feel safe. And not only that, but deserves it because she makes everyone else feel safe. Yeah. Who takes care of the Slayer? I, the Watcher. Exactly. God damn it. Exactly. And so... Obviously, like all fans of of Buffy, I have listened to and seen the next episode just uncountable number of times. And I've heard the fucking song that he sings about how why he has to leave and the whole fucking shit. You know, that's not next. You know, that's not next episode, right? That's the next Buffy episode. No, it's not. 
The next one's a Halloween episode and then the musical episode. Isn't this fifth? This is the fifth. The musical episode is number seven. Oh. I made the same mistake, but we've got a little more time than that. Anyway, so like we've seen that and we've seen the musical episode and I hundreds of times. But Mm. when you look at like particularly this episode, this scene where it's like, look at this episode of what Buffy went like went through trying to fuck. She's trying. Yeah. She's not on autopilot. Right. Like she is trying actively. I don't. And also still getting fucked with. Like, yeah. she can't just catch a break. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, it, it bothers me a little it bit. It really bothers me. I Not once this whole time have I been like, yeah, Giles, you do need to abandon this girl. Yeah. Not once. Not once. Not even a little bit. Uh, and that was the obvious implication of this last scene here. Yeah. is And the exact same of the last uh, episode as well. She's like... Oh, I have to go do. Uh, I have to go meet up with Angel. I'm gonna let you handle my bills and deal with other shit here. And he's very sternly disapproving, and is just Something's, clearly, clearly of the opinion that she is shirking responsibility. Something must. Something really must have to happen in the next episode, and I don't remember what it is. But something's got to happen that like makes it feel like it makes sense to me. Then, um, I mean. I see how it's adding on to Giles's argument that she's not uh, that she's only using him as a crutch, but it does not change my point of view at all because I remember exactly what happens next episode. And, I, don't and it, think, it doesn't, I don't think she's using him as a crutch. It, yeah, it doesn't change my opinion at all. That, I think she's leaning on somebody she loves and trusts for support. Exactly. Uh, I I also don't think it's worthy of being considered a crutch. Also, I'd like to point out the whole idea of like using blank as a crutch. Do you know why you need a crutch? So you can heal. So you can heal and walk. Like you can't. If you need a crutch, you fucking need a crutch. Uh, excuse me. You're using that crutch a little too much to heal your broken foot. Um... We're going to have to take that away from you because you're using it as a crutch. Yeah. But then I have to walk on my broken foot and that's going to break my foot more. Well, you know, you're... Well, you're not tough enough and you're really just not pulling up on your bootstraps hard enough, obviously. Clearly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. So, fuck you. Anyway, so (laughs) aside from that part, how'd you feel about the rest of the episode? Um, The rest of the episode... If the trio was more fun, it would have been an amazing episode because the the shit that they're pulling out, I think, is fun, but their dynamic is obnoxious. I honestly think that if each of the three tests had been its own episode, like they actually like drew each test out to be its own episode i think that could have been much better and much more interesting Hmm. but because they're a third of the episode it or really a quarter of the episode each test is a quarter of the episode roundabout and like honestly i think that just doesn't do it any justice of like putting buffy through her paces so to speak no 
I don't feel like they really got all that nearly as much data as they thought that they got. Oh God, no! No, they're just yanking themselves. Clearly, yeah. that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't hated a villain this much since, um, the fucking kid from season one. The kid, the one that Spike ends up murdering by raising him up into sunlight. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the, the annoying the, one. Yeah, <laughs> the annoying one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah, you're you're. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's too bad because Jonathan was a great character. He was. He. I will say this. Of the three, he is the most interesting of the three. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I like his character. It's just the fucking dynamic that these three have is just... Uh. It's toxic. And it seems like, okay, I like the idea that they're... It's kind of like they're pointing out toxic masculinity in non-obvious places, and that can be a good thing. Yeah. It, but if they weren't tying it so heavily into mainstream pop geek culture, yeah. it wouldn't bother me so much. I think from our perspective, it could kind of look like maybe they were trying to say, oh, look, this is toxic, shitty behavior. Yeah. But... It's written in a way where I am 100% positive that that is not what they were trying to do. And I, Yeah, I'm not saying that you can't, um, like an easy critique of what I just said would be, oh, so you're saying you can't call out toxic masculinity because you like Star Wars too much. Fuck Star Wars. I don't give a shit about Star Wars. It's just, I, I like the concept, but the execution is lacking in something. The The specific way that they did it doesn't make it come off as like oh here are some nerds who are also shitty toxic people no they they lumped it together in a way that it's like oh these guys are nerds therefore they must be toxic shitty people that's how it's written yeah that's a good distinction and like that i think is what bothers me about it i can i can get on board with that yeah all right, but other than that, there wasn't really a whole lot of interaction with too many of the main characters. It was mainly just no. Buffy and Spike was really the only real interaction we got, I think. Yeah. And, well, and a bit Giles towards the end. Some some great father-daughter type moments with Buffy and Giles. Um, I felt like I'm really seeing some hope and some healing in Buffy and it's really bumming me out knowing that Giles is like, oh, but you're too dependent on me about it. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to be oh. this perfect fucking father figure. And for this is the first time I really feel let down by Giles. Yeah. Um, no, I, I have to. It's only to because agree I know what's coming. And it's also heavily implied within this episode, even. So, yeah. um, even without spoilers. But also, and Spike and Buffy. A little bit of progress with their relationship, you know, not even necessarily their romantic relationship, and, uh, just like, how they know each other and yeah. interact with each other. And she's I'm trusting him more. Right. But I'm also appreciating that, like, they don't have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's it's prevalent. It's not like they're trying to make it something they're not setting it up to be this great thing that's going to become crashing down later like i appreciate that it's more realistic and down to earth and plausible exactly as a romantic relationship 
yeah, they're not putting it up on a pedestal. And that's good writing. Yeah. So I appreciate that as well about the episode. So I'd say I give that episode a solid A. Not an A+. Plus. Maybe I give it a B. A-, a minus even. I give it a B. I think they could have done better with whatever Andrew was going to do to Buffy. Yeah. That was just lame. That was boring and lame. I'm sticking um, with an A minus, but basically an A minus and a B plus are the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what college you go to. <laughs> that is accurate. But also, grades are fake, just like money. <laughs> Remember that, kids. Oh, uh, what about a quarter of the day? That's a good this question. There's not a lot of them in this episode. Oh, it's just playing dead. Little scamp. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Just do what I do. Picture yourself naked. <laughs> so those those are my runners up. Obviously, that was Buffy and Anya. I, I got to go with Spike. So who's going to advance me a tiny tap? <laughs> Get me started. Come on. Someone's got to stake me. Uh, just because gambling kittens. Yeah, that's that was kind of over the top, and I liked it. I I'm gonna go with Buffy earlier in the episode. Retail, Ugh, I'd rather be dead again. Cause yeah, I'm right there with you, yeah, Buffy. Fuck retail, <laughs> definitely. Yep, yep, yep. So this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter if you want. We aren't doing shit with it. Uh, Why would we? Right. If you'd like to just join our Facebook group. That's That's really the only good way to contact us anymore. Yeah, that's the most fun we have on social media. On social media, that is. Um, If you'd like to support our show, you can do that in a number of ways. The best way, of course, is giving us an iTunes review. If you write a review, send us a screenshot. We'll send you a free sticker, and you'll be in the running for a free hoodie. Uh, If you'd like to just purchase merch, you can do that. Beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. Uh, If you'd like to just support our show directly, become one of our executive doodle-doos, you can do that through our Patreon, patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. We have a cat naming perk, and apparently we might be making a new perk where we'll diagnose what's wrong with you. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) Yep. Sure will. Sell you vitamins, too. Oh, God. All day long. Oh, God. (laughs) I can't. We can't do that. No. (laughs) We can't be one of those people. But it's so lucrative, Rex. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's why I hate it. Anyway, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do that either through email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or you can call or text our voicemail line, 269-743-0783. You can also, of course, message us on Facebook. As always, thank you very much to JJ Treadway for opening, closing, transition music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And have a good night. Keanu Speed, Rex. Keanu Speed. Reeves be with you also. <laughs> I just want to throw you off. Yeah, Groundhog Day was always one of my favorite movies. Instead of which you enslave yourself to this this cult. You don't like the color? You have a sacred birthright. You were chosen to destroy vampires, not to wave pom-poms at people.
done why are we watching this 